Hi, this is Libby. And this is Roberta, and you're on Art Blog Radio. Uh, today we're talking to Leah Bayless. Leah Bayless is a member of Vox Populi and a sculptor who, in 2010, that's this year, at least when we're talking to her, was a finalist in the West Prize competition. For that, she showed a Home Depot-like construction of a house fragment inside a chain-link fence. Everything was handmade out of cardboard. Leah graduated from the University of North Carolina in 2005 with an MFA in sculpture. And we want to hear how she came to be in Philadelphia and how her work seems to be taking a new turn. So, Leah, why don't you answer this? <laughs> Um, well, I was living in Philadelphia before I went to uh, UNC. I lived here from 2000 to 2003 and was working at Moore College in the development office and kind of using every facility they would allow me to use to prepare to go to grad school because I didn't study art undergrad. What did you study undergrad? I studied film. Making? Yeah, or making? filmmaking at Bard. I studied some art there and... Um, wanted to like beef up my portfolio and get ready to apply. So I was making a lot of prints at Moore College in preparation to apply for grad school. And that's what I applied with for grad school was prints. Even though I preferred sculpture, the printmaking studio was <laughs> what was most accessible to me. <laughs> so I went away to school and um, tried to move to Baltimore, Baltimore where my sister was living and couldn't figure it out. So I moved back to Philly. Wow. So does all of that moving have something to do with some of the work you were making? I think so, yeah. I mean, I, I was really, all of that started in uh, North Carolina, like looking at the architecture. So I started out by taking photographs of those houses and then making drawings of them and prints. And then I started building the models. So your recent work at Vox Populi. You just had a show at Vox Populi. It was a departure from that. Yeah. This focused on film, right. and in fact, there was, you You were featured in it in a portrait that you did of yourself as a character from Death in Venice. Mm -hmm. So is this returning to your film Definitely. Roots? I mean, when I studied film, I love studying film, but I was really... Um, frustrated with the medium like I really enjoyed the history I enjoyed trying to make film the idea of directing people is completely outside of my realm of capabilities so I didn't really do that actually I made a lot of handmade films and I kind of tried to treat it like it was something kind of dealing with the film itself so you were an artist right then and there yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I actually my senior year I started taking sculpture classes and it felt so much better just to be dealing with real things instead of the film. Uh, I love film. It's like one of my true loves. And so, but I think I've accepted that I'm better as a film lover than a filmmaker. But think, you performed that role I so well for that film still in your last show. You could be the performer in oh your film. <laughs> <laughs> Performing scares me terribly. And, uh, and even like asking someone to perform scares me. It's, I mean, this show was a big departure for me because I've also, up until now, eliminated the figure. The architecture functioned that way for me. It was very much like the absence of the figure implied the figure through the architecture. So to use the figure 
use photography and use myself as the figure was I had to like warm up to the idea like I knew I wanted to do it for a long time but to actually do it was another thing altogether and so I, I like built that piece I watched the film I hadn't seen it since 1994 I think when I was in college but the image of that black hair dye like was something I thought about a lot you know, I think that when I look at your work, both the houses and this, I feel like it's somehow about longing. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm wondering if you can talk about what it is in this film that yeah, that captivates you. It's exactly the longing. So in the film, the protagonist, Gustav von Aschenbach, who's played by Dirk Bogard, he is following around this young boy who he sees in Venice. Everyone's, it's leaving because the plague has hit and there are only tourists in town. And so there's this young boy, Tadzio, who's there with his family and he's beautiful. Gustav starts following him around, but he's also dying of a heart condition and his career is in the toilet. And so he kind of makes this decision in a moment in the film where he's like, am I really doing this? Am I following this boy? And then he goes to a barber and the barber tells him he'll take care of it. And he says that a man of his standing shouldn't be concerned with what is artifice and what's real. And so he paints his face with white cake makeup and puts red on his lips and this black hair dye in his hair. And then he goes out in the world and it's Venice and it's summer. And there's the plague and he's dying of a heart condition. So the black hair dye, you know, mixes with sweat and rolls down his face and like all the makeup kind of undoes itself. It's so sad, but I think it's so moving and beautiful. It's like the ultimate image of longing for me. So did you grow up with a, a camera or of some sort of no. mechanism <laughs> to record things? No, or, or a writer? You, you have a very strong interest in narrative. Um, not really. I mean, I took lots of art classes as a kid and took some photographs, but was never very good at it. I just loved watching film and reading and I didn't have a video camera. Like I said, I don't know why I knew I needed to make film, but I knew it. It's so interesting to me that you felt like you would make films and that you have, I mean, the assumption there is that you have a story to tell. I did. <laughs> I didn't. There was like no narrative and I, I made non-narrative films. Like I made film about dance. I think it's because I saw Maya Darren's films and it's like, well, that's cool. And it was a way of eliminating narrative. Um, I love narrative, but I'm usually drawn like to the form over the narrative. Like when looking at film or reading a book. Well, and you're sort of borrowing narratives now. Yeah, right. I don't have to come up with my own. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then abstracting them, yeah. making it like a puzzle. I mean, to see a photo mm -hmm. of you dressed as that character Gustav was a puzzle. I've been thinking a lot about that because I'm drawn to these things that are not super well-known. And I actually made titles for the pieces that spelled out what the references were and what the moments in the film were because I, I didn't want to leave the viewer out of that. And I hope, I mean, I don't think anyone really read the titles that night. So I walked around <laughs> telling everyone what they were because I, I sometimes get frustrated with work that seems intentionally like a puzzle. <laughs> so Leah... Do you have a day job? I do. <laughs> what do you do? I work at Old City Coffee and have for the past five years. 
I taught briefly and it didn't really take and like the adjunct thing is so hard. I taught at Arcadia. I'm a morning person, so being at work at 7 a.m. isn't so hard. It's getting harder, <laughs> but I'm done at two, and I can't work in the studio at night. I just I get wiped out, so um, it works really well for me in that way. It's been interesting. This new work has required a lot more research and time to think before actually executing the pieces. Can you describe this piece because people can't see it? Yeah, it's... Um, Two busts, a human figure, the he- their heads and they're on pedestals in this sort of strange embrace. And uh, it's referencing this film, this old Danish film, Ordet, which Carl Theodore Dreyer made. It was a film that was about religion and it was very, like, stark. I remember just being drawn to that and I think you could see that in my, like, architectural work, like just the, the appearance of calm when there's, like, all this drama underneath. Like, I'm really interested in, like, the outward appearance of calm. The mother figure dies during childbirth. Her brother-in-law, his family lives in this farmhouse. Her brother-in-law thinks he's Jesus Christ, and he's gone missing. And he returns at the day of her funeral, and um, he tells her to come back to life, and she sits up in her coffin it's just a really strange moment because she has she's a very bizarre looking woman the actress she almost looks like an alien she has these huge eyes and it's suddenly <laughs> it's like a horror movie moment where she wakes up or in my mind I'm not a religious person but she suddenly wakes up and she looks like she's in a trance or she's undead or something and she starts to kiss her husband but it almost looks like she's consuming him I knew for that piece that I wanted her to be like you know, your attention to go to her, and I wanted her to be really a sense of light. And there was a time where I was going to hang her from the ceiling, like a disco ball. Um, I know. It <laughs> and we should say that she looks like a disco ball. Yeah, she's yes. covered in mirror, and that's how I ended up resolving it. But there are, like, layers of other attempts underneath that to make that, that, that feeling come across. So I, I'm sort of not getting what it is about this... Um this shift that you've undergone that is personal for you. Yeah. <laughs> Why does it matter to you? Why does what matter? The films, the imagery you're working with. I just love them. I don't know. I mean, it's like the two f- films that I drew from from this past show are films that I've been thinking about since I saw them like 10 plus years ago. I think when when um, art is most successful, you can't really put your finger on what it is. And I think both of those films, like those moments, like I can't tell you why they are so amazing, but they really are. And I and I, I guess that making these pieces was a way to try and figure out why. We've been talking with Leah Bayless, and we want to thank you, Leah, for having us in your studio. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks. Art Blog Radio is brought to you by theartblog.org. Thanks to our sponsors, including the Knight Foundation and Fleischer Art Memorial. Also, we want to thank Peter Crimmins, who makes us sound good. He's our editor. And Eric Biondo, who provided the music. You can download these podcasts at theartblog.org slash radio.